Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm really looking forward to speaking today with Emma McLean. Emma is Chief Happiness Officer, I love that job title, and founder of Works for Everyone, a coaching and consultancy business. It's focused on helping parents go back to work after a career break. After a 25 year in corporate marketing, both in New Zealand and the UK, with firms such as Accenture, New Zealand Post and IAG, Emma started the business Works for Everyone in 2019 because she knew from first-hand experience how important it was for parents to be in work that works for everyone, for themselves, for their family, and for their employer. Her clients include individuals as well as corporates like BMZ and Chorus, where she runs their returner programs to help smooth the transition back to work for employees returning from parental leave. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about Emma and her career today. Kia ora, Emma, and thank you very much for joining me. Kia ora. Very happy to be here. Super. Now, when we were talking just before, you said that you'd listened to a few of the, the podcast interviews before, so you'll know what my first question is going to be. I'd love to take you back to when you were a child or perhaps even a teenager. What careers did you dream about or even aspire to? Yeah, it's a great question. I think originally I wanted to be a teacher, uh, but I think that was because when you're a, a kid, you don't really know many careers. And so you know what a teacher does. And I think that was always my goal when I went to university. But I had quite a formative uh, experience in terms of the part-time job I had when I was at school and also when I went through university. And that is that I worked at Big Fresh Supermarket. And for all the people out there that do not know what Big Fresh was, but it was New Zealand's first country and western supermarket with live singers in store and uh, dancing fruit and free bread rolls, way before free bread rolls were even a thing. And the reason why it was really formative for me was it really, I think it lit a spark in me around marketing and how an insight like grocery shopping is boring can be really a big driver to reinventing the customer experience within a supermarket and making supermarket shopping fun. And I thought that was super interesting. I think that really sparked my interest in marketing and, you know, got me thinking about how can businesses do things differently to get more customers? What's the lemon twist of your business, really? So I guess for me, when I was a kid, I really had the spark of marketing and customer experience and being a little bit different was lit for me by Big Fresh. Fantastic. I do remember Big Fresh. Uh, And so what I love is so often actually those part-time jobs that we have and particularly New Zealanders have when they're at school or as they're studying, 
actually do spark different ideas and do get you an early flavour into what it is that you might like to do with your career. So yeah, fascinating for me to hear that. And then you did then pursue a career in, in marketing. So you know, talk me through perhaps the first few years of your marketing career. What were some of the highlights, but also the challenges of, of that? Yeah, I did a marketing degree at Otago. I did the honours program down in Otago. And my first job was in Wellington working for telecom. So it used to be called telecom, now called Spark. And that was a fantastic job. That was an entry-level marketing position. I went into arguably New Zealand's top marketing team there. It was the days of Spot the Dog and the Animals Told commercials. And I... Um, the best thing about that, and that is what I, and it's what I, all my advice is, I learned so much and we had fun. There was a lot of people there. We were all friends and we worked hard, but we played hard as well. And it was just great. I learned about the reality of marketing, how sales and marketing work together or don't. And I really enjoyed it. I then went on my overseas experience, as a lot of people do, which actually turned out to be eight years in the UK. And I worked for a number of telcos over there. And I also worked in Dublin for a year for the Irish telco. That was amazing, setting up a loyalty program for them. And then I was very lucky to get a job at Accenture, which is a management consultancy company, a global firm, and I was in their CRM practice in London. And that was fabulous. Gave me opportunity to work around Europe, so projects in Paris and Ireland again, in Munich. But again, learning great things around consulting, around selling, and around producing top quality deliverables for clients and working on client site. Absolutely love that. Absolutely love living in London. And then 9-11 kind of happened and I thought, I think I want to go home and came back to New Zealand, continued on my CRM journey, worked for a small uh, startup business in Auckland, then started having children. So I've, I've got three children, Thomas, Henry and Rose. And so since I've been back in New Zealand about 16 years, I've become a working parent. I've worked and had my children and it's been quite tough. But as I say to my clients, it's a bit like you have to embrace your inner Dory from Finding Nemo, just keep swimming. And I went to work for an ad agency, which was awesome. I learned, again, great new skills, worked with great people, worked for big clients like Westpac, ANZ, Flybys, really, really great experience finished off my marketing career at IAG, where I got more into customer experience and employee experience, which I really love because one of the things I really believe in is your people will look after your customers and your customers will look after your business. And so I guess as I went through my marketing career, I realized that people were key to a business. And when I left IAG, I was just thinking, what am I going to do next? I was working 20 hours a week because that's what I needed to do for my family. And I really wanted to reinvent myself because I'd kind of fallen a little bit out of love with marketing. And I decided to requalify as an ICF certified coach. And I am focused on helping, as you say, parents come back to work and founded a business works for everyone and I just love the work I do and I feel like it's my life's work now. One of the reasons why I founded it was I really want us to put a care wrap around women in the middle of their career 
Because if we don't, we can't be surprised when they're not here at the top. Yeah, so that's a potted history of my career to date. Super. And I love the piece that you said about if you look after your people, then your people will look after your customers and your customers will look after your business. I thought that was super. I can also, uh, I often channel my inner Dory as well. So I'm with you on that in terms of just keep swimming, having three kids myself and being a working parent. And it's interesting because on these podcasts, I've made quite a deliberate choice, even for those women who I've spoke to who have had children, to not focus too much on that element of their lives because I've wanted to focus more on the work side and always annoys me when media people, the first thing that they ask women about is, is their children. I kind of have deliberately stayed away from that. With you though, given your work, it's probably more okay. Yeah. It makes more sense to talk about it. And I would love yeah. to hear what are some of either your own personal experiences as a working parent or some of the challenges that you see working parents, working mums face? Yeah. Well, how long have you got? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you need. No. I think working and having a career is hard, whether you are a mum or a dad, I think it's really hard. And I think for me, one of the things that I think can really help parents when they become working parents is to become really good at setting and managing boundaries. That is the biggest thing that can have an influence. And the thing that the most beautiful thing in my work that I see is when I do workshops with my returning parents at BNZ and Chorus, when we do a whole lot of work around boundaries, I'd originally thought that would be really useful at work. So helping people to leave at 5 p.m., helping people to say no because they're at capacity when they have another project comes on. But actually, I've had mums come back to me and say, oh, that boundary stuff is really good. And I've had a conversation with my partner about it. And I've really talked to him about how important it is for me that I'm not the only one packing the daycare bag in the morning. And I just think being able to have conversations at home and work about, as Brene Brown says, what's okay and what's not okay is so important. Because if we don't have those conversations, resentment builds up. And women at work will off-ramp themselves, so take a more junior role, quit altogether. And at home, just have feel like they're doing everything, when in fact, women can do anything, but we can't do everything. Absolutely. And I think that thinking about gender balance more broadly, actually that balancing up of the household load and, and everybody leaning into that, I think can make a massive difference in terms of women's engagement in the workforce and women's ability to continue to lean into their into their careers if they wish to. Yeah. And I think those tricky conversations, I remember I had one with my husband about the washing and how yeah. it continued to pile up. And he made the fatal mistake of saying, it's such a problem, I'll just do it. And I said, okay. And so brilliant. He does all the washing now, which is amazing. And sometimes it piles up a little bit. But I think the other big learning for me is not to hover, not to criticize, actually just say, thank you. That's brilliant that you're doing that and just and, and let it be. And that those kind of boundaries around the home stuff, absolutely, I can see has made a big difference in terms of actually me as a working mum. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, is those little conversations can make a big difference. And I believe that we'll never have gender equality at work if we don't have it at home. And I actually think it's really important. And in a way, I feel like one of the things I'm deeply fatigued on is the glacial or even backwards pro progress in female leadership in New Zealand. 
particularly at the CEO level and the GM level of business units that actually drive a business. And I think we're measuring the wrong things. I think we need to be measuring things like how many men are in part-time roles? How many men are in job shares? How many men did school pick up last week? How many men took a child to the doctor's appointment? Because I think there's a whole lot of invisible stuff that women do that actually results in an exhaustion gap, not an ambition gap. And it's something I'm really passionate about is equipping my parents with the skills to have these crunchy conversations at work and at home so that they can feel like they are achieving and they are succeeding and not drowning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that drowning experience is you know, it's one that I've had personally in terms of complete and you know complete burnout, complete exhaustion. But it's one that I do hear echoed and a lot of the the women that I speak with and it's it's not a it's not a nice place to be. And as you said, if that kind of works for everyone, it's not great for the person themselves, it's not great for their family, it's not great for their workplace either. Yeah. I'm interested because it is often quite a big step to move from a corporate career to then actually running your own business. What do you think mm-hmm. prompted you to, to actually be an entrepreneur? I think it's back to this thing that I just became, as I say, deeply fatigued about sitting on the sidelines of what was happening to female leadership. And my why is really around lifting women up. I'm really driven by how do we help parents live their live their best lives really and how and and I just thought I couldn't see anyone else doing it and I wanted to do it and I wanted to make a go of it because I felt like it was something deep inside me that I wanted to make a contribution to to New Zealand about really it sounds very grand and I haven't done that yet but it's very important to me and I just thought you know what I'm going to give this a go I think the best business ideas, and you will know this coming from a marketing background, come from addressing some sort of perceived need that yes. you've seen out in the market, but that also have a, a great degree of kind of passion and, and drive in behind yes. them. So that's fabulous to hear. As you look back on your career to date, and we talked about you know, some of the challenges of working parents, but what have been your own perhaps toughest challenges or moments that you faced in your career? I think for me, my toughest career challenges have been being a mum and being constantly questioning myself and navigating every day and the juggle and arriving home at five o'clock with three children who all need feeding, plus doing my job and knowing that when I'm reading them these stories, that when I get downstairs at seven seven o'clock, I'm going to have to turn my laptop on again. I just think that's been my biggest sort of career challenge because I think individual career projects I feel like I can get we get through those this whole thing of can I be a good mum but also work is something that's really impacted me and has been a big challenge for me and even now as my kids are teenagers you know it just gets different I remember mum gave me some advice when I had little children and she said the best thing to do really is to work really hard Uh, when your kids are zero to five, because they need someone to love them and care for them. And it may not necessarily have to be you, but when they're after five, when they're at school, uh, and when they come home from school, if you're there and you can help them with things like if your daughter arrives home and says, blah, blah, says I'm fat, those are the conversations you want to be having with your children. 
Mm. And so I really worked really hard when my kids were little so that I really built my personal brand up as a deliverer, as someone who was strategic, as someone who you wanted on your team so that I could negotiate 20-hour-a-week jobs for when my kids were at school. So I could negotiate project jobs because I'm a trusted sort of um, quantity. So I think for me, navigating my career as a mum has been about building up my personal brand so that I can navigate the types of roles, the types of hours I want to do, and that's going to work for my family. And I like the way you talked about it. it wasn't one big thing in terms of the challenges, but it was actually that that daily challenge of can I be a good mum and can I be good, have a good career as well? Yeah. And it's a really interesting take in terms of how you navigated your way through that. For everyone, it's different, but figuring out your way through, that must have really helped. You've still got a full-on life with, as you said, three teenagers. I'm sure many things outside starting a business. How do you personally find some sort of balance between your working life and your broader life? Yeah, great question. I think what I've learned over time, and this is not a, this is not something I've done all the time, is I find balance by putting myself first, by putting the oxygen mask on first. And I know there's a few things that I need to do in my day and it's easier because my kids are older, but it's things like my 6am walk up um, Mangafo, Mount Eden, is really important to me. It sets my frame of mind up for the day, sets the agenda and it's time for me. I I think, yeah, putting myself first and doing what's going to make me feel good and give me energy So even though it sounds really boring, I really love taking Sunday mornings to do a big cook-up of meals and put them in the freezer because I know that my week then is going to be a lot smoother. And for me, that's putting myself first and it makes me feel a lot calmer as I enter the week. So yeah, really for me, it's putting myself first and I think that can be really hard for some people, and it has been hard for me. We've got to look after ourselves because then we can look after others. And I think it is, from a lot of the women that I've worked with, it can be hard to actually do and to feel that they deserve to put themselves first. Mm -hmm. Because I think as women, often enough, we're taught to care for everyone else around us first, put everyone else, our family, our friends, our workplace, our dog, you know, everything, all of those things before ourselves. And yet actually, as you say, to be able to look after those other people and things in our lives, we we need to put ourselves first and recharge our own energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super. And we talked a little bit about some of your toughest career challenges or moments. What about some of your proudest career moments? I think definitely there have been in situations where I feel like I've had impact. I feel like I've had impact on people, on processes, on experiences. More recently, if I think about my business, works for everyone, my proudest moments are when some of my parents email me and they say, oh, thanks for the returners program, Emma. Because of it, I've renegotiated my contract. And now instead of working, getting paid for four days and actually working five, I'm actually working flexibly and getting paid for five. So again, that's boundary setting in action. So I know that what I've been talking with these um, parents about is actually making a difference on their lives. People who have who talk to me and say, hey, I've now got a promotion. I've only six months back since parental leave and I've gone up and that's fantastic and I feel great. It's knowing that I've made a difference 
and that I'm having impact really. And I, I think that's probably common amongst a lot of people's proudest career moments. But for me, it just makes you feel so good because you know you're doing work that matters. And I think as you get older, you want to do work that matters. And I less wanted to, you know, do marketing to people to buy another credit card when they've already got five. I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. I want to do work that matters. And when I know that it matters, that makes me feel really good. Absolutely. I think there has been a common theme for me in in having some of these conversations about finding that purpose, making a difference to people's lives as being so incredibly meaningful, but also seeing that that purpose and that wanting to make a difference, wanting to have an impact tends to strengthen over the course of someone's life and career. Yeah, Yeah. it's really interesting to see. As you look back, is there anything that you might do differently in your career? Do you know what? I don't think so, but I think there's um, the way that I might have done my career differently. I think I would have backed myself more. I would have believed in myself more and I would have put myself forward more. For some of my career, I should have kept my head down and did a great job and hoped someone would notice me. And I don't think that's definitely not how corporates work. I, I, want, I would have backed myself more. I would have believed in myself and I would have gone for bigger roles, I think. That's what I try and do with all the people I work with is help them to back themselves. And, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. But great, actually, reflections, because I think that is an experience shared by you know, a, a number of women, that experience of... Actually, work is, particularly in a corporate, it's not like school where you work away, you hand your work in, you get a gold star and A plus, happy days. You actually have to advocate, put your head up and put yourself forward so that people yes. notice you and what you can do. Super reflections. The title for this podcast is The Female Career. I'm wondering if there are any, apart from being a working mum, which which is, is working dads have challenges too, but are there any other challenges or obstacles as a woman that you might have faced in your career? Uh, I think this is an interesting one because I think that a lot of the challenges I've faced have probably been driven through unconscious bias at work, in workplaces and called a glass ceiling for a reason. You, you can't actually see why you can't get through, you know, because it looks like you can. And I just think that it's, I'll give you an example. One of the big corporates I worked in, my immediate manager, had there was a, been a restructure and she, her role had been disestablished and so had a number of other people on that leadership team. And she had the meeting with the big boss person and it was like, okay, your role's disestablished, so you need to go out and find out what you want to do next. And then another, the other, another person that was exactly the same level as her also got disestablished, but the boss said to my boss, said to my manager, oh, don't worry um, about him. We're going to find a role for him here. And my boss was like, how come you're finding a role for him and not for me? Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt, and that was like reasonably recent. And it just feels like it's invisible, but there's still like jobs for the boys. I I just feel like there's an unwritten thing going on. And I guess the biggest challenge is you can't actually put your finger on it. I can't put my finger on it why women aren't really keeping on going up, but there's something invisible that's there. And that's almost more frustrating because you can't grasp it. Mm. (laughs) You can't handle it. And, yeah, I think that for me would be the biggest challenge. The biggest frustration for me is that. I think you're so right in terms of that you can't necessarily grasp it and probably because it's 
a myriad of little things that happen on a daily, weekly basis, many of which you don't even yes. see yes. or even really recognise, but that slowly build up over time either to cause yourself at a personal level to think it's not worth it or maybe I don't want to invest in it or actually if the organisation somehow to perceive that that you're not the right fit in terms of leadership and you know you and I are going to have a broader chat in the new year about all sorts of things. I'm really passionate about changing changing that world of work for women so that it is a place where they more women feel that they can step into those leadership roles if they want to and that to change the environment and the structures and the systems and the processes to take away some of those small daily things that we don't recognise but actually to design some of them out. I'm talking to the converted. You are. It's pretty obvious, <laughs> isn't it? We're on the same page here. And you've obviously just started your own business. Where do you see your career heading into the future? Yeah, beautiful question. I don't know. I don't have a big plan, but all I know is it's going to be in community and service and social leadership, that kind of area. I don't think it's going to be in the corporate world. I'm really influenced by people like Celia Lashley, who just believes that mothers are the answer, and Stacey Shortall with Who Did You Help Today? I know that my future is in community leadership, service leadership, and I am super excited about it. And I can hear that. I can hear that in your voice, that real passion coming through, which is awesome. One last question there, Emma. You know, what career advice would you have for other women? Yes, beautiful. Do you know what I'd say? Always be learning. Always be open. Always be learning. Uh, you learn from everything. You'll learn from if you volunteer at your primary school fair to run the hamburger stall, you'll learn something. If you put your hand up at work to do a project that no one else wants to do, you'll learn something. Always be open to learning. And just be curious as well. I know a lot of people, you feel under pressure to find what your passion is. And I I think that's real hard. I I don't think everyone can do that. And I also don't think we're all going to be working in a job that is our passion. So I think we need to follow our curiosity. What makes you, what, what what are you interested in? What makes you ask why? What are you curious about? Follow that curiosity because that'll take you to the roles that are going to be good for you. It'll take you to your purpose. Don't worry about finding your passion. Follow your curiosity and and always be learning. Mm, Wonderful, wonderful advice. And that nice kind of circularity for me is hearing the curiosity you had even in that very first job at Big Fresh. Actually, how have they managed to make this boring shopping experience better? So, you know, that kind of curiosity from day one that you've managed to cultivate through your career. Emma, it's been such a pleasure to speak today to hear more about your career. Obviously, as we said, we're fairly aligned in terms of our broader views, but it's really interesting for me to hear actually how some of the more personal and specific challenges that you've had, but also what's driven you to start your business now. I wish you all the best of luck with that. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much. And thank you for the important work you do on these podcasts. I think they're amazing. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.